This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. MashaAllah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. InshaAllah, before we start, I want to mention a hadith that I love always starting with that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once was with the Sahaba and he says to the Sahaba sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he says to them, he says to them, none of you will enter paradise until you believe. And none of you will truly believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. So he says to them sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he says, shall I tell you something that if you do it, it will increase the love amongst you. So they said, of course, Ya Rasulullah, please tell us. He says, give salams to one another. For this will spread the love. So inshallah, before we start, if I can kindly ask all the brothers to stand up, inshallah, have a bit of a stretch. And give salam to someone that you don't know, inshallah. Yalla, all of us together, inshallah. Stand up and turn around. Maybe the seniors can give salam to some of the young guys. Yeah, anahag, Give salams to one another. Ideally, give salam to someone you don't know. What's this for? Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. How you doing? You doing good? Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the King, the Master, the Sustainer, the Creator of the seven heavens and the earth. And we send peace and blessings upon His beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is haq. And everything that comes from Him is haq. His anbiya are haq. And death is haq. Jannah is haq. And Jahannam is haq. His angels are haq. His revelation is haq. Everything that comes from him subhanahu wa ta'ala is haq. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is haq. He's truthful. He's truthful and he's honest. Even before his revelation, even before becoming a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, imagine, even before prophethood, the people around him testified that he was a sadiq al-ameen. And even after prophethood, although accusations were made against him, the vast majority still would leave their amanat with him because they knew that he was the most honest and trustworthy amongst us. My brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He orders us in the Qur'an, to speak the truth even if the truth be against yourself. You see, my brothers, unfortunately many of us, we've taken a version of deen that we like, a version of deen that pretty much everyone else around me is doing, a version of deen that gives me some sort of sense of satisfaction. This is what we know, this is what we do, so we're rolling with it. But this is not the deen that Allah wants. For the Sahaba, they said, we found khair. We found goodness. We found progress in the things that our nafs hated the most. You see, my brothers, your journey to Allah is a continuous journey and it's a journey full of hurdles and complications. Go down a dark road, but don't you ever, 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 and I mean ever, become someone that is dishonest. And it's one thing to be dishonest with others. We've scooped to such lows that we even lie to ourselves. You see, my brothers, on the surface of things, when we say, brother, are you an honest man? Do you always speak the truth? Naturally, all of us, we, Alhamdulillah, of course, my brother, I always speak the truth. 
I always stand for the haqq. You see, these claims are very easy. But when Allah tests, when Allah shakes, when Allah puts you in situations, very easily you find that we're not as honest as we claim we are. You see, if you ask me on any given day, Hablus, are you an honest man? Do you stand for the haqq? You see, my brothers, basics. Let's go back to basics in Islam. And I'm sure tonight my talk is going to be uneasy for some people. But we're here to speak the truth, and the truth is not supposed to be easy. You know why people don't like the truth? Because sometimes, though it's not intentional, the truth hurts. We don't like to hurt. I mean, we like to hurt others, that's fine. But me, I don't like to be hurt. You see, my brothers, our allegiance is to Allah and His Prophet. And this deen and the Qur'an, which are all based on truth. My allegiance is not to my father. My allegiance is not to my mother. My allegiance is not to my country, nor to the color of my skin. My allegiance is not to my madhab. My allegiance is not to my sheikh. My allegiance is not to my imam. My allegiance is not to my masjid and my organization. My allegiance is to Allah and His Prophet only. You see, I love my father and I respect him. I love my mother and I respect her. I love my sheikh and my imam and my teacher. and my, I love them all dearly and I respect them. But when push comes to shove, my allegiance is to Allah and His Prophet. And I will speak the truth even if it goes against myself. This is what this deen was established on. This is what made the Sahaba who they are. Today, unfortunately, we are very far from this image, man. Because when push comes to shove, it very quickly shows who your allegiance really is to. When I was in high school, this incident has never left my mind and it has scarred me permanently. And every now and then when Allah showers me with His grace and I sort of get a little bit confident with myself, every now and then, depending on my level of sincerity, Allah reminds me of this incident that happened in my life. I was a teenager, we were in high school. I must have been in year 11, maybe year 12, so towards the end of high school. And I'm not sure how things are here, but to shed some background on the dynamics of things. You see, I'm Lebanese, Arab, whatever you like. We're very arrogant people, man. Wallahi. Big nafs, man. We think our feces doesn't stink, bro. And deep down in the corner of our hearts, in places we don't talk about, I think I'm better than the man sitting next to me, man. So we're in high school and I'm Lebanese and this school, the majority of the boys are Lebanese. So automatically, khalas, once you're the majority, no one's going to mess with you. Not only am I the majority, but I was fortunate enough to be very, yani I was relatively loved by the boys and I was the funny character and the outspoken character and charismatic you know, and all this nonsense, right? So I got along well with the boys. And as a young man growing up, you know, you want to fit in. No one wants to be the loner. No one wants to be the outcast. But if you're truthful and honest, sometimes Allah will put you in such situations, you just may have to pay that price. You see, my brothers, we all think we're honest people. And on the surface, I believe you all. 
But when push comes to shove, so we're sitting there, all the boys, we're hanging out, we're having a good time. It was a lunch break. And there was a boy at school. <laughs> and I'm mentioning every detail because it's very, very important. At the time, I didn't think much of it. But because I've played it in my mind so many times, I don't know exactly what to cry about anymore. So there was a boy at school that was accused, was never proved, it, but he was accused of being a Jew. Not that that should matter, should it? Should it matter? In theory, we as Muslims, should it matter? But it did then. You see, sometimes I go to areas in non-Muslim countries. So, you know, I'll get a tour and the brothers, they show me around. And they tell me, brother, you know, alhamdulillah, this suburb now is 95% Muslim. With a big smile on his face. And we're so proud that alhamdulillah, we've almost conquered the suburb. I tell him, brother, where's all the other people? The truth is, is they ran away, bro. Is this deen? Should people be running to live next to you or running away from you? We get so happy that alhamdulillah, the community is 90% Muslims. Look how shallow and naive we are, man. That's why, and I must confess, what I've seen in South Africa is on another level. What your elders have done for you people here, if you lived another three lifetimes to thank them for them, wallahi, you will never thank them. But having said that, you have been 2% of the country for how many years and it hasn't changed. Because we've built my little masjid and I've built my little madrasa and really the hell with the rest of the world. <laughs> so this man was accused of being a Jew. And we were all young Lebanese boys. Right? So automatically he became the, what's the word for it, you know? Not just outcast. He's the one that people made jokes of. He's the one you would throw your rubbish on. He's the one you would peg the football at his head. Halas, he became the joke of the school. And now when I look back, it, wallahi, this story is so hurtful. He tried so much to fit in with us, you know. But he was never ever accepted. He was a non-Muslim. Wasn't proven whether he was a Jew. But because his surname was Israel, <laughs> poor guy, man. Sheikh, there's spikes coming out of this thing. Is this, I mean, is this a way of torturing me? <laughs> so we're sitting there one day, we were in the, no, no, Sheikh, Sheikh it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> the prank is over. And please, when I'm sharing the story, don't think about me. Because I'm sure every one of you has been in a very similar situation. But like I was saying last night, we never like to admit our faults, do we? When the whole Qur'an is read from cover to cover, not a single verse is in reference to me, except the verses of Rahmah. Everything else, I don't know, it's for someone else. When Allah speaks about the hypocrites, not, not me. <laughs> I don't know. When Allah speaks about the, anything that Allah, when Allah speaks about His punishment, when Allah, every verse in the Quran does not belong to me, except the verses of mercy. Anyway, so we're sitting there in the school. We're sitting on the stairs. There must have been about 20 of us. So this young boy, and I'm talking maybe 99, maybe 2000. 
Mobile phones were still very, very rare. And this young boy came to school with a Nokia 8810. If you're familiar with it, I still remember the model of the phone. You know, it was a little chrome slide. It was like the elite. Businessmen couldn't afford it. So this young boy comes, he's holding this phone, and Matt, wow. You got a phone? Wow. Maybe the young kids are looking at you. What stone ages is this guy from, man? But it was a big deal. So he came in, like any young man, he's excited, thinking maybe this is my ticket into becoming one of the boys, man. And wallahi, I remember the day so vividly. All the boys were sitting on the stairs, and I don't know why, that day, I was the only one that was standing. So I was looking at the boys, and we're joking, and I was a normal... And I remember he, he came, and he's holding his phone, and he was so excited. And he's showing the boys, you know, trying to... So everyone is like, oh, wow, tabarakallah, this, that, and the other. Until one of the boys that was in the group, whom I never liked, wallahi, I never liked him from day one. But khalas, he's Lebanese, he's Muslim, he's one of us. What do you do, man? You can't win them all. So it, it was like this political sort of, yeah, whatever. So now he came, he had the phone, he's passing the phone around, everyone is looking at it. And this one particular brother, he decided to steal his phone. So as the phone passed from one hand to another, I'm watching, i seen it in front of my eyes, bro. He took the phone, put it in his pocket and denied that he ever took it. In front of, i seen him, man. So now the brother is like, you know, khalas, it's not a joke anymore, it's getting serious, boys, please, where's my phone? I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. Now it's, he's starting to realize that they're going to rob me. So in the midst of all of this, he looks over to me, and he says to me, did you see who took my phone? What a situation, man. Because when you're with the boys, you got to be tight, man. You don't rat on anyone, bro. And not just rat on anyone, he's apparently a Jew. Now you're in a sticky situation. And it's sticky because there's no deen, that's why. If you had deen, there's nothing to think about. So now there's a, a thought process. Did you see the phone? Yes, I did. But do I confess that I did or not? That day, Allah showed me how much of a coward I am. And that day Allah showed me that when push comes to shove, my allegiance is not to Allah and His Prophet. Because I've seen where the phone went. But the sake of not losing my friends, I said to him, no man, I didn't see where the phone went. The look in his eye haunts me till this day. That Allah puts you in a moment to speak the truth. But like a coward, you didn't. And for what? For a guy who you never liked anyway? You see, my brother, speaking the truth on the surface sounds nice and pretty. But when push comes to shove, it's not as glamorous as what you really think it is. Sorry? Uh, no, after this school, I haven't seen him since. And even if I see him, the phone's gone anyway. But this experience haunts me. You see, my brothers, we all claim that we're people of haq. You see, the Sahaba were very straight people. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he spoke the truth no matter what the price is. 
No matter what they were going to do. You see, a Muslim will never compromise, no matter what it is. There is zero compromise when it comes to the truth. You see, the Prophet of Allah was prosecuted for years. The Sahaba were prosecuted for years. And they tried everything, everything against him, but he stood firm. Until one day it got so bad that the people of Quraysh, they came to his uncle Abu Talib. And they said, listen, enough man, enough. Enough. Tell your nephew, bro, enough. What does he want? Does he want to be the king? Does he want to be the ruler? Is it women that he's after? What does he want? Is it money? will make him the richest. If it's women, will choose the ten prettiest women in Quraysh and will bury them all off to him. What does he want? And they threw everything at him. You and I, when we hear this story, we think, brother, what? I would have stood firm. Yeah, relax. Relax. Because you and I have sold Islam for far less. For far less we've sold Islam. To earn some extra money through tax returns, you will cheat and lie even though your beard is like this. For a few extra rands, you would lie happily. So they came to the Prophet and they threw everything at him, bro. What do you want? They said to him, listen, fine. You know, compromise. Sometimes you're put in a situation where, and this maybe not in South Africa, but in the West, big problems. Ulama now, scholars, giving in to the West, giving in to politicians. Ah, oh, come on, man. Look, things are getting tough. Things are getting hard. Uh, and now, now our governments, they hand out grants, grants, money, money, grants. Oh, Sheikh, with their money, we can build our masjid. Look how foolish and stupid and naive we've become. So they said to him, listen, our Prophet of Allah, look, we will worship your Allah for one year. Worship our gods for one day. Hikmah, wisdom. In one year you can do da'wah. He says never. Sorry, at first he started one day for one. You worship your Lord one day, we will worship with you. The next day he says never. He says one week us. Right? We will worship your Lord for a week. You worship our Lord for a day. He says never. They said, we will worship your Allah for a month. We worship our God for a day. He says, never. They said, we will worship your Allah for one year. You worship our gods for one day. He says, never. Now is not the time for feelings and morals. Now is the time of haq and justice. To speak the truth. It's not as glamorous as what people really think it is. And I've been in so many situations. A brother comes from a big family. A brother comes from a big family. And he commits a crime, man. And everyone knows he committed the crime. So you come to the family and you say, brother, listen, man. We know you guys very well. We love you guys very well. We respect you very well. But your brother, he's causing havoc, man. How many times have you been in a similar situation? So the brother says, yeah, I know my brother is a bad boy. I know. I admit that what he's doing is wrong. But what do you want me to do? That's my brother, man. Ah, where is your allegiance? Is it to Allah and His Prophet and justice or is it to your family? Now I'm not telling you to abandon your brother. But when you need to make a stance, stand for the truth. Stand for the haqq. Because that's why this ummah is suffering the way it is. Because very few are prepared to stand for the haqq. You know why? Because many of us were not prepared to face the music. 
When the daughter and the son get married, they get married. It's so nice. Uh, please, Mufti Saab, we want you to be there for the nikah. Allah. We want the blessings of Allah. Look at the hypocrisy in our hearts, man. The nikah took place in the markaz. It took place in the masjid. <laughs> so cute. Then when things go wrong, how many times I've been in gatherings. Father and the father of the girl, the father of the boy, and they both give their side, and it's clear, clear, black and white, a blind man can see clearly that the daughter's in the wrong. So I say, Sheikh, uh, you heard your daughter? Uh, yeah. Clearly she's in the wrong. Yeah. But let's do something. Ah, uh, what do you want me to do, man? That's my daughter, bro. You see? We claim we stand for truth. But when push comes to shove, my allegiance shows right away. Where is my allegiance really? When we got married, we wanted Allah's blessings. When they get divorced, well now it's my lawyer versus yours. And we claim, we make very pretty claims, man. To speak the truth, to stand for the haq, even if it's against yourself, even if it's against your family, even if it's against your masjid, by Allah, even if it's against Islam, you stand for the truth no matter what. Because when the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the Sahih narration, you see, when one of the when one of the rich tribes of the Arabs, one of their daughters or their sons, they committed a crime. So this was big news. Now go to the Arab world. It's flooded with these problems. The layman gets executed. The poor man that can't get proper representation, they wipe the floor with him, even in the Western world. But people that are famous, people that are prominent, people that have money, people that come from good families, every corruption under the sun. When the Mufti's son does a crime, shh, we don't want to cause fitna, bro. But when it's a nobody, brother, you share it to me and I'm going to share it on all of my social networks. Why? Because he's not the Mufti's son? Why? Because he's not your Sheikh's son? Look at the corruption. Look at the corruption. Look at where, 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 where is our allegiance? So they came to the Prophet of Allah and they said to him, Our Prophet of Allah, this person that's committed the crime, they come from a very, very noble or whatever it was, it was like a very influential family. Please, O Prophet of Allah, can we make some concession? So he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the one whom Allah testified that his akhlaq is on another level, the one whose rahmah no human being ever possessed, he says to them, by Allah, if my daughter Fatima was to steal, I will chop her hands with my own hand. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. Not even the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where is our allegiance, man? We come to the masjid, we all look pretty nice, big beads. and But look at us when we deal in business. And we wonder why the world is turning against Islam. We wonder why Allah is... Look at our businessmen. A whole nation called Indonesia, a whole nation called Indonesia embraced Islam 
and not a single word of da'wah was given. I think seven Muslim traders went there to buy and sell. Seven Muslim traders went to buy and sell. A whole nation which till this day is the biggest country in the world that holds Muslim population accepted Islam through buying and selling. Today when we deal with Muslims, Shaykh has he done Hajj? Yeah, he's done Hajj. Yeah, then he's definitely a liar, man. In Australia, I'm not sure what the conditions are in here. In Australia, you would hire any tradesman to come fix your home. But you will never in a million years hire a Muslim. So how long are you going to be? I'll be there in 15 minutes inshallah. Two hours later, you're still waiting. And we laugh. <laughs> Sheikh, uh, 10 minutes. Sheikh, is that Pakistani 10 minutes? Or is that like the real 10 minutes? We la- it's actually become culture. It's become, become culture. Sometimes Allah sends you someone, maybe he's a miskin man. He's selling an item, you know what it's worth. But because he doesn't know, instead of helping the brother, what do you do? Like a savage beast. You take advantage of him. One of the companions, I'm not sure, wallahi forgive me, I'm, uh, it's a very famous story, but I don't remember the details. So just to be safe, I'm not going to say one of the companions, one of our very pious predecessors, pious predecessors. He was walking in the marketplace and he came to a man that was selling, selling a horse. Not the horse that jumped off the cliff. But he was selling a horse. So he says to the man, he says to him, Shaykh, how much you want for your horse? He says to him, I want 100 dinars. He says to him, 100 dinars? He says to me, that's what I want. He says to him, Shaykh, your horse is worth more than that, man. If that was you and I, ooh, 100, Shaykh, come on, man. How much you want? He says, 100. He says to him, Shaykh, your horse is worth more. He says, okay, 200 dinars. He says, it's worth more. He says, okay, 300 dinars. He says to him, your horse is worth more. He says, okay, 400 dinars. He says, look, I'm going to give you the 400 dinars. But just so you know, your horse is actually worth more. Go to any mufti. Tell him, Sheikh, good businessman or bad businessman? Come on, talk bro, be honest. Good businessman or bad businessman? Most of you are scared to even say it out loud because you don't know what. how am I going to respond, you know? Good businessman or bad businessman bro? See, again, it's, it's... How many times, how many times I've advertised the car for sale? I've advertised the car for sale. And someone called me and there was a verbal agreement. A verbal agreement, yes. Do you agree on the price? Yes, I agree on the price. I will be there tomorrow to pick it up. Ten minutes later, someone calls and offers me an extra $500. You know, we're so foolish and naive. Guess who made that second call? (laughs) No, no, it was Allah that allowed it to happen. He offered you an extra 500. Automatically, what do you do? Do you honor your agreement? Uh, Sheikh, I'll call you back. Yeah, brother, look, when I told my wife that I'm selling it, she lost it, man. So, you know, Sheikh, my apologies, huh? (laughs) Brother, come pick up the car, huh? And then with this money, we go to make tawaf around the Kaaba and stand in front of the door of the Kaaba. <laughs> ya Allah! <laughs> ya Allah! 
please, man. To speak the truth even when it's against yourself. These are qualities that are long, 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 long gone. Even if it's against Islam, speak the haqq. You think, Shaykh, what are you talking about, man? Sahih narration. narration. And please, don't, you know, don't listen to the story because, Allah, it's a nice story. Shaykh, you know, the, the way you say the story, man, it's very nice. Please, bro, please, listen. Imagine there's no one else in here but you. Let it penetrate this sick heart of ours, man. And this story I will stop at every single juncture and explain because it's too juicy to just let it go like this, man. So when Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu ta'ala anhu was Amir al-Mu'mineen. Are you with me or not? Are you asleep? Okay, so you're with me. I will wrap it up with this story. When Ali bin Abi Talib was Amir al-Mu'mineen, who's Ali bin Abi Talib, bro? He was, there's actually ikhtilaf as to who the first Muslim is. So one of the ulama, just to make peace, <laughs> he said, okay, 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 let's just slow down. The first woman was Khadija. The first grown, the first grown, the first grown man was Abu Bakr. The first young boy was Ali bin Abi Talib. But depending who you ask, I will actually tell you Ali bin Abi Talib was the first one. After Khadija. But anyway, it's not my point. But to show you who this young man is. A man who never did shirk in his life ever. A man whom when the Prophet of Allah Every time they faced the enemy, in the beginning of the battle, there would be a duo, a one-on-one, where you bring your best, we'll bring our best, and they fight. Never lost a battle. In Khaybar, the Prophet of Allah, one morning, he gave the flag to Abu Bakr. In the morning, he gave the flag to Abu Bakr, Right? As in to lead the army. They fought, 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 but couldn't break the lines. So the next morning, he gave the flag to Umar ibn Khattab. He fought, 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 but couldn't break the line. So that night, the Prophet of Allah said, Tomorrow, I will give the flag to a man who loves Allah and his Prophet. And by Allah, Allah and his Prophet, they love him in return. The next morning he gave the flag to Ali bin Abi Talib. Guess what? They broke the lines and they won the war. A man whom the Prophet of Allah says to him, he says to him, Ya Ali, you to me are like Harun to Musa. So now Ali bin Abi Talib is Amir al-Mu'mineen. And his shield was stolen. And every aspect of this story is so important. Please, please hang in there with me. So now imagine, Allah, I wish, with all my love and respect, I wish the fathers and the imams and the presidents of our organizations, and the Mufti Saab, and the whatever, these titles that we love, I really wish they would listen with an open heart. Because the position that you've been given is not because, mashallah, you're a handsome man. This is an amana from Allah on your neck. Today someone takes a seat, and he will not get off that seat until he dies. Sometimes the whole masjid is drowning. Sheikh, what do you want him to do, man? He's been there for the last 10 years. Who's going to move him now? 
So he will happily watch the whole masjid sink and the whole community suffer simply because I don't want to get off my chair. Names, prestige. فَتَرَبَّصُوا Wait until you stand in front of Allah. So Ali bin Abi Talib, Amir al-Mu'mineen, walking in the marketplace, he finds his shield. Are you with me? <laughs> he finds his shield in a store with a Jew. So he looks at the shield. First he says, man, this looks pretty familiar. Then he's looking at the shield and he notices marks. You know, sometimes there's three iPhones but your eye knows exactly which one is yours. There's a mark, there's a ding, I remember when it fell. Signs. So Ali bin Abi Talib, he picks up the shield and he notices, whoa, hang on, this is mine, man. So he says to the Jew, he says to my Jew, where did you get this from? So the Jew says to him, it's mine, I'm selling it. So Ali bin Abi Talib says, no, it's not, this belongs to me, it was stolen from me. So now there's a dispute. I ask you by Allah, does Ali bin Abi Talib need to ask anyone? Wallahi, if that was me, as soon as I was convinced that it's mine, I would have said to him, Habibi, I'm going to take it whether you and your mom like it or not, bro. And if you don't like it, cuz, don't come just you and your mom, but bring your whole family too. Khalas, yaqeen, it's mine, bro. What are you talking about? So now there's a dispute. And obviously they're not getting anywhere. Mine, now it's mine. Kasme, Eid al-Quran, wallahi, brother, I swear by Allah, ra, 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 ra. So Ali bin Abi Talib says to him, fine. Let's go to the court. You know, I talk to myself a lot. I always think, imagine you were that Jew. Uh, sorry, what? You want me to go to a Muslim court, stand in front of a Muslim judge that you appointed with your hand, and argue with him against Ali bin Abi Talib, who's the Amir al-Mu'mineen. <laughs> Habibi, you must be on some good crack. <laughs> Look at the justice of Islam. Halas, we're obviously not getting anywhere. It's mine, it's yours. He says, let's go to the judge. So he says, fine, let's go to the judge. They walk into the court. Again, let me stop. I have to, I can't. These, these thoughts, they kill me. Imagine you were the judge that morning. <laughs> what? Amir al-Mu'mineen? The man that appointed me, he's in the courtroom. I have to judge. Not just against the Jew. Are you serious? <laughs> but look at the justice of Islam. It's the haq, the truth. So they walk in. Imagine Ali bin Abi Talib, how he felt. That man, do I even need to judge? Anyway, so they walk in, they stand in front of the judge. And Ali bin Abi Talib gives his story. He says, a shield of mine was stolen. I found this shield in the marketplace. This shield belongs to me. And the Jew claims it's his. It's mine and it was stolen from me and I want it back. So the Muslim judge, he says to him, he says to him, Oh Ali, do you have any proof? Do you have any evidence? Imagine having to ask Ali bin Abi Talib that I need evidence to prove what you're saying to me. Some of us, we don't dare to look our fathers in the eye. Imagine having to stand in front of Ali bin Abi Talib and tell him, I need proof of your claim. Deen is not easy. 
And being people of the truth is not as glamorous as what you think. People of the truth are disliked because they challenge the status quo. And we don't like to challenge the status quo. <laughs> Sheikh, just, just leave it, man. Things are working. Just, we don't want to, please, don't, don't shake the cage. You know, let's just, we love these movies, bro. So Ali bin Abi Talib says, yes, I have proof. The judge is thinking, oh. He says to him, what is your proof? He says to him, I have a witness. He says to him, who is your witness? He says, my son Al-Husayn. Can there be a better witness on earth? Answer me. Can there be a better Al-Husayn? Radiallahu ta'ala is a witness to the... So the judge says to him, he says to him, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, you know that I can't take your son as a witness. And if that is the only evidence you have, then unfortunately I have to rule against you. I have to? I have to rule against you, Sheikh. I dare anyone to speak to his Sheikh like this. Go, go. I dare you. We claim Deen and there's a... Please, man. We are so rotten inside, Wallahi, my words. Forgive me, man. I'm too hurt. So the Jew... Looking in absolute amazement. And what the hell just happened? <laughs> I walked into a Muslim court in front of a Muslim judge against the Amir of the Muslims and the Jew and the judge ruled against the Amir without even asking me a single question. So he says, Oh judge, I confess. What I've seen today in front of my very eyes, I've never seen before in my life. The justice that took place in front of my eyes, I've never seen before. This shield really does belong to him. And I bear witness that La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Sometimes you make a mistake at home. You're a married man. You make a mistake. And your wife is in the right, bro. Yeah, but last time when... Hey, I'm not asking you about last time. Your wife is in the right. Be a man. Apologize and move on. No, 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 no. We, we don't apologize, Sheikh. In one of our madrasas that's back home in Sydney. And look again, it's very sticky situations. And I'm not attacking our ulama, and, and, and I know it's, but well, I'm really hurt. Because we put on this facade that we're religious, you know. But when push comes to shove, we had a young boy, he was doing hafz. And I don't know why, for whatever reason, the sheikh, the teacher didn't like this student. I don't know the history. I really don't care what the history was. And it was always bickering back and forward, you know. So one day in this place, one of the students had gone into the bathroom and, and may Allah increase us in rank. He put feces on the walls of the bathroom. He's a kid playing a prank, whatever it was. When they asked who was it, the sheikh said it was him, definitely. 
Now the kid's a devil, there's no doubt. <laughs> but the sheikh was so adamant that it was him. And the kid cried his eyes out, Wallahi, it wasn't me. Wallah, and this and that. It was him. Until they expelled him from the madrasa. Then when it caused a lot of problems, we went back to the camera footage and discovered that it wasn't him, it was someone else. So we came back to the sheikh who said, look, it's okay, we understand you're a teacher, you're an imam. But sheikh, you accused the kid and it wasn't him, man. You caused a big fuss and the father and you expelled the kid. Apologize and let's move on. Guess what? He refused. Then the body of the masjid sided with the sheikh. I said, man, the kid is innocent. You accused him. You expelled him from the school. Apologize and move on, man. I'm not telling you to... Just apologize. Just a a mere apology. No, we can't do that. Because if we do that, then it breaks the back of the sheikh. Then his reputation is taken. And all this nonsense and trash. The kid never came back. Whose side are you on, man? When push comes to shove, who do you stand with? Allah, my brothers, much has been said. Being an honest person doesn't make you famous. Doesn't give you much friends either. But if you want to be with if you want to be with Allah and His Prophet, then there will come a point in your life where you will have to be prepared to sacrifice everyone, even your mother and your child and everyone for Allah's sake. We speak the haq no matter what the price is. Because the hearts of people are in between the hands of Allah and He turns them as He pleases. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who are truthful. And we ask Him to make us of those who stand with the haq, no matter what the cost. Ya Allah, open our eyes and open our hearts. And restore our loyalty and our commitment only to you and your Prophet and your deen. Ya Allah, accept us, accept our dua. Have mercy on this country and the people of this country. Ya Allah, accept these, these Muslims and these elders and these people that have worked that have worked so hard. Ya Allah, do not allow our foolishness and our ignorance and our arrogance to destroy us. Please, Ya Allah, help us. Restore our hearts, restore our deen, restore our honesty and our modesty and our sincerity, Ya Allah. And do not take our souls into you, are pleased with it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, humma bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa ant, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik.